the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you a believer in Christ? You know, you have a before and after picture. Yeah, it's a total makeover. There's a before picture of you and an after picture. And we're going to explore that picture together. Next, here on Abounding Grace. Join us. When it comes to contrasts, the one found here in Romans chapter 8 is pretty amazing, pretty straightforward. Welcome to Abounding Grace, online at reformedheritage.org. Our time together today returns us to Romans chapter 8 as our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, gives us a look at the contrast between the spiritual and the carnal man. And really, it's the Apostle Paul laying it out for us here in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Here's Pastor Gary and today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. The wrestling is the peace. The praying with hope in God, that is the peace. The desiring of Christ, that is the peace. And when Jesus stood before his earthly tormentors, he was calm because he was the one directing the traffic. On the cross, he was in control, standing naked, condemned before the heavenly tribunal. For our sins, he still had true rightness with his Father. He forgave his enemies. He hoped in God. He loved his mother. He shouted in victory. You see the life of peace? The spiritually minded man who is alive and has peace, it doesn't mean that he is has absence of conflict. It means a sense of rightness with God so I can wrestle and be confident. I can pray and know that I am heard through Jesus. Not because I have performed well, but because God has given me His Holy Spirit. But the carnal mind knows nothing of this. Verses 5 through 8 are very closely reasoned. Why does a carnal mind know only death? Notice, the carnal mind is enmity, a very strong word, wrath. That is the carnal mind. Now, don't think this carnal-minded man always goes around cursing and hating. He can be very polite. The carnally-minded man can be very moral. He can be a church member. But what defines him is hatred. He's not just that, it's not just that he has hateful acts toward God and his word. The mind itself is hostile to God, the soul, the affections. And when he hears the gospel, he says, that's not for me. He says to God, you didn't need to crucify your son for me. I'm just fine as I am. And that is what we need to say every time we hear the gospel and we don't repent and believe it. We have to be careful. The hostile mind says, I'm okay, just like I am, God. Leave me alone. 
I will live on my terms. I'm, I'm not that bad. And he can do that all being very nice. The hostility can take a variety of forms, but it would almost be better for a man like this to be self-conscious blasphemer because at least he makes his God-hating ways known to himself and to others, and he doesn't pretend, so he doesn't look like a hypocrite. Notice he is hateful towards God, and therefore he cannot be subject to God's law. On a side note, one of the great controversies in the church today is should the Christian obey God's law? This is one of the clearest little phrases in the Bible that shows that any preacher, any church that speaks against obeying God's law is at least at that point fleshly minded, satanic minded, and not spiritually minded. Why? Because it is the carnal mind, the man who was enslaved to sin that is not subject to God's law. The spiritual mind is subject to it. The Holy Spirit has written that law upon a man's heart, and he delights to obey it. But the carnal mind, it cannot. He is a rebel against God and will remain so. Notice, neither indeed can be, it says here, reconciled to God. Preachers who speak of free will, human ability, they are a dime a dozen, and every one of them are liars. Because scripture is very clear that the mind that is dominated by sin and corruption, the heart, the will, the affections, the life, cannot be subject to God. He can't make a decision for himself. He cannot obey God. This puts the lie also to all world religions because they can talk about their morality and blowing themselves up in the name of a fool. They can talk all they want to about we're going to do our rituals and go on these pilgrimages and they can talk all they want to about spiritual escape and absorption into the cosmic one. But there is a little stubborn fact called sin and it is an insurmountable barrier to God and we are enslaved to it. So God has to come and take the initiative, verse 8, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That is an absolute statement. Cannot please God. By the way, in our day and age, Christianity is soft and fluffy. But this is really one of the most jagged verses in the Bible. Have you ever been caught by a piece of glass? Maybe you accidentally put your hand through a window. And it just tears and rips at your fingers and your hand. Well, this verse rips away all of the pride of men. For where sin dominates, it is impossible to please God. It can't be done until God comes by a spirit and unites us to Jesus so that his death and resurrection are applied to us. And we trust in him and believe upon his name for everlasting life. We cannot please God at all we have lost the ability and lost the desire except in some kind of guilt inducing way now when Paul wrote these words the gospel was very new I'll just give a rough figure maybe around 30 years after the ascension 
And this is not a way to win enemies and influence friends, is it? Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I'm not going to win too many friends with that. Listen, say the Romans. We've got some general morality. Not all of us guys are perverts. There's some nobility in our culture. And we have our William F. Buckley's and our Bill Bennett's and our Milton Friedman's. We've got all of this. But it is dung in the sight of God. Because the only way men who are fallen, fleshly corrupt, can please God is if their hearts are made new by the Holy Spirit. Nothing else can win us to Christ. Now, there are several practical things we need to take away from these verses. One, don't go to sleep again tonight until you make sure that you are strong after the spirit and not after the flesh. Because it's very clear here. We need to be sure which of these two dominate our lives. Is it sin? Well, you might be saying, Pastor Gary, I'm not out robbing banks after all. Well, let me ask you, who is the love of your life? Is it yourself? I've struggled with this my whole life. I love myself way too much. I think about myself way too much. What I want to do, what I want, I've got to be careful. I need to repent and look to the Lord Jesus Christ for deliverance. So be sure. Make your calling and your election sure. Because Paul wrote these words to make it very clear that if you want to escape condemnation, you must be in Christ. And the only ones who are in Christ are those who do not walk after the flesh. It's not the pattern of their lives. Sinning is not the pattern of their life. Oh, they sin, but it's not their pattern. They hate it. They repent. The thought of sinning trembles their conscience. Have you ever felt that? I hope you have. It can be nauseating because God formed us for himself and all our joy is in him too. There is not a command in these verses, but there is a clear implication that we will have more life, more joy, more peace. And the more we walk after the spirit and set our minds on his things. So we look at our inner lives, our thought life. We look at our families. We look at our marriages. We look at our children and ask, what do I think about them? What do I think about my daughters and my sons? Oh, but wait a minute. When he is present, the Holy Spirit, he inclines us to think about his things. The spirit of truth, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of pleasing God and the desire to please him. It's no wonder that our experience of the Holy Spirit and of the joy of the gospel is suppressed. And many are depressed. Why is there so much depression today? It is because there is not enough minding the things of God. There is not enough thinking on God's word and meditating on it. 
not so it separates us from our work every day. No, it is while you work. It sanctifies you. It encourages you while you are working. So, beloved, let me encourage you to ask God, assuming you know the Lord, to walk more after His Spirit, thinking on His things. In Luke 18, Jesus made us a promise, verse 13. If then, being evil, you know how to give good gifts unto your children, and how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts? Or actually, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, I want to know life. I want to know peace in the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be like the carnal mind that doesn't have these things. We have to go to God and say, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit today so I can walk in newness of life, so I can love my wife better, so I can obey my parents even though I don't want to. You know, we make a funny little conclusion in our day and age. We assume if we don't want to do something, we just simply don't have to do it. Really? Talk about a God complex. If I don't want to obey my parents, what my parents ask me to do, I don't have to. If I don't want to submit to my husband, I don't have to. If I don't want to love my wife as Jesus Christ loved the church, I don't have to. Why? Because everyone knows life is all about me. It's all about my wants. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can break that in the life of Christians. So pray, Lord, give me your Holy Spirit so I can mind your things. So that thirdly, verse 8, the goal of the Christian life is the opposite of the frailty of the flesh and mind. So what is it? To please God. Why has God freed us from sin? So we can please him. Why did he lay all our sins upon his son? So that we can be free from the guilt and the condemnation of the sin. And live to please him. Beloved, I don't care what you do. I don't care where you go. I don't care what decision you have to make. You do it always for one reason. And that is to please God. Before you make that decision. Before you sit down and have a conversation with your wife or your children, you ask yourself, how am I going to please God in this? That's the only thing that matters. Not your will, not your desire, not what you want. Only what pleases God. So we can please him. Why did he lay all of our sins on his son so that we can be free from the guilt and the condemnation of and live to please him. So why does God give us his Holy Spirit? Because we on our own can't do anything. Not anything to please God. So he gives us a helper. So we can please him. You see we live in God's world. And no marketers. No magazines. Who are the ones who constantly throw out to this. You need this. You have to have this. This will help you feel fulfilled. It will show you have arrived. This is really what you need. You need this. You need that. You need to go here. You need to study this. You need that certification, this qualification, this amount of money, this bank account, this automobile, this, 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 this. 
It hasn't made us very contented, has it? Because we don't live in the devil's world. Only in the devil's world would man be happy if he could live on his terms and have all he wants. But we live in God's world. And he has made us to only be happy when we are pleasing him. Hear this. God has made you to be happy. Truly, deeply. Clap your hands, dance around like children, happy when you are pleasing him. We live in his world. And there's no other way to be happy but to be happy in Jesus, right? And to obey and to love God. So if you are a Christian here today, understand. And this is not to be simplistic. But God has saved you to make you happy, happy in pleasing God. So children, are you struggling to obey your parents? Then pray this. And every three-year-old and above can pray this. Lord Jesus, make me happy by obeying. Because I know I won't be happy unless I do obey. Please help me. Now, the problem is, this is not just for three-year-olds only who need to pray this. It's for 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 80-year-olds. Because here is one place the remnant of our corruption hangs on to us. No, no, no. You'll be happy only if you get what you want. You'll be happy if you can get it on your own terms. You'll be happy if you can control everything, if you can make everyone, including your children and your, your family, fit into your regiment like little soldiers, and then you'll be happy. That does not work. We will be happy when we live to please God and not until, beloved, we will grow in our happiness if we learn to please him. You might be thinking, wait a minute, what is this, a Vincent Peale hour? No, this is good gospel, beloved. Paul talks about this. He says this to the Corinthians, if I come and make you sad, how does that reflect on the God I serve? So I know I'm having to make you sad right now. But you've got to be sad in repentance until you can be joyful in holiness. And that is where the church has completely lost the bridge between these two. Before you can be happy and live the fulfilled life and your best life now and your shiny smile life, there has to be a reorientation of your life at the very root of it. And only God can do that kind of operation. So come to him today. Believe his gospel promises. Ask him to save you. Ask him to sanctify you. Ask him to make you happy and pleasing him and obeying him. Every one of you is responsible. And I put you under this formally now to look at your life and ask, where am I not pleasing God? How about, well, I'm never willing to admit I'm wrong. How about unless everyone does everything just the way I want in my home, I'm not happy with them. How about I'm not willing, <coughs> excuse me, to make the effort with my spouse any longer because there's no point. Does any of that please God? 
If it doesn't please God, expect no happiness if you continue to do it because God has saved us for his pleasure. That in believing his gospel and being renewed by his spirit, we would have pleasure in pleasing him and in obeying him. Seek for that, my friends. Seek it in Jesus. Seek it by walking after the spirit. And remember, the Holy Spirit has now made us subject. He has made us joyful subjects. There is a cheerful slavery to God's words so that we don't have to wonder. Does this please God or not? Does listening to acid rock, hip-hop, shoot the policeman rap? Does that make God happy or not? Uh, I think not. Does watching things on the internet that has gratuitous nudity and sexuality and blasphemy please God? I wonder if drinking to excess or taking illegal drugs is pleasing to God. Now, how do I know that? The Bible tells us. Does spending six hours a day playing video games please God? Well, how about an hour? Not if I have not read his word. Not if, have, not if I haven't sought his face in prayer. Well, how about just spending the last 15 minutes of the day to keep up with what everyone has posted? Not if I haven't sought the Lord. Not if I have not read his word. Does it please God? Making pleasing him the passion of your life. And you will be a happy person. But not until then. Make pleasing God the passion of your life, obeying him according to his word, and you will no longer be depressed. You may be diagnosed as bipolar or tripolar or quadpolar, but if you make pleasing God the passion of your life in his word, he will bring sane balance to you. That is why he saved us, beloved. That is why he delivered us from the fleshly mind, the heart, the soul, the emotions, the affections, enslaved to sin and corruption. He delivered us from these so that we can have the pleasure. We can have the pleasure of pleasing him and being fulfilled and to be joyful in doing what our God says. And then you can end your life when the time comes like Jesus did. How did Jesus end his life? Ah, it's done. I'm I'm glad it's all over with. That's how many of us, including me at times, have gone through life. You know, we get busy. Oh, glad it's all over with. But, But what's next? Now, that's not how Jesus ended his life. Remember, it is finished. I have pleased my father I have laid down my life on this tree to atone for the sins of all my people for all times. It is finished. It is complete. Christ the victor. I triumphed. God wins. He is glorified. Sin, Satan, death, finished. You know, just like no one gets to live happy unless they live to please God, no one gets to die happy unless they lived to please God. And we have all got that day coming. Soon or later. But don't expect to die happy and to have your last thoughts. Maybe it's sudden. Maybe you're in an automobile accident and you've got 30 seconds before life is gone. 
Maybe it's disease that lingers for years, but don't expect to die happy, blessed, content, confident. Unless God has done such a work in you to change you from a sin pleaser to a God pleaser. Look to him as the only savior. He is the only one who can do this. Call upon him. Cry to him. Beloved, we have his promises. He said, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you and I are no exception. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408-866-5607. We thank you for joining us, and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.